This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. With the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Do us the favor, subscribe, put on the auto-download. That way you never miss the latest episode when it pushes around. Thanks for joining us again. I am Scott Branson, and of course I'm joined by my broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, where you can read his work. You can also catch his Raiders column once a week. Up on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M O E M O T O N. I am at L V Gully. We love talking to you guys. Make sure you do that. By the way, Thursday show, we do our mailbag. So make sure you can tweet at us if you want questions. We'll bookmark them and get back to them. Or you can email us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com and we will get to your questions on Thursday. Okay, Mo, since. I saw you last. We had the big schedule release. You did your live Bleacher Report show on Thursday night where I know you gave a prediction. We're going to ask you to give that prediction again today as we get into this. Some Raiders news first to get to that just fresh from Monday. So the Raiders made a couple roster moves. Number one was they signed third-round pick Byron Young to a contract. So they they have everybody now signed under contract as they uh, got out of the rookie minicamp last week. Then they've also signed yet another wide receiver, and yet, hold on for it, Raider Nation. I know you're excited. You can't contain yourself. Another former New England Patriot. Wide receiver Christian Wilkerson, who was an undrafted free agent with Tennessee. He's been with the Patriots the last three years. Nothing really to speak of. He's had one start. Uh, He's appeared in only four games. He's got four receptions, 42 yards, and two touchdowns, though, in only four games. Not bad for a guy who doesn't get any playing time. But, Mo, uh, they add another wide receiver. They also waived Tyler Johnson. So uh, the familiarity of the system, the New England system, I know people don't want to be the West Coast Patriots, but reality is coaches know players, know their system. They can bring them in and compete. And so they go out and they get Christian Wilkerson. Uh, West Coast Patriots it is, if you also read the Tom Brady <laughs> news, which we, we which we, we, we missed if gonna... we didn't mention that. Yes. But um, 
no, just poking fun at Raider fans. I mean, this is this is a camp body. Uh, Christian Wilkerson yep. not going to make the roster. Uh, for his career, four catches, forty-two yards, and two touchdowns. He is a former Patriot, but you know, as a former Patriot, they're going to give him a shot. See what you know? Can he crack the back end of the roster? Will he? He's probably, if anything, he's a he's a practice squad player. But nothing to right. really talk about. The bigger news, and I'm sure you're going to get to this, is the visit the Raiders had today on Monday. Uh, yes, and I want you to talk about that because it was Marcus Peters, and of course, Marcus Peters. Uh, is sort of, you know, a name you say, and if it's 2020, holy crap, right? But in 2023, Marcus Peters is not the same player, had an injury 2021, comes back in 2022, did not have a good season. Now, I'm not saying the guy can't still play. We don't know yet. Uh, but it's not quite the signing. I know Raider fans have been talking about Marcus Peters for a long time, Mo, but you made the point about the injury and the performance last year. Talk about why we we can be maybe cautiously optimistic about him coming in and talking to the Raiders, but this isn't like a a big, big signing, if they were to sign him, that is. This isn't something like it would have been three or four years ago. All right, so I just want to give the full picture because everyone – uh, recognizes the name Marcus Peters from his work with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Rams, and the Ravens. Pretty much one of the best ball hawks in the league in his in his prime. Now, as you mentioned, last year he had a down year. He tore his ACL. First of all, he tore his ACL in 2021 before the season started, so he didn't play a game in 2021. Came back to the Ravens. Not well, not came back. Came back to action. The Ravens had to have a new defensive coordinator and Mike McDonald, who took over for Wink Martindale, played a lot of man coverage. The Ravens kind of switched up their coverage this past year. And Marcus Peters, as you alluded to, didn't have a great season. He allowed seven touchdowns and a 113.7 passer rating. That's pretty awful. <laughs> By anyone's standards, that's awful. But you think what you're hoping for as a Raider fan, that he's fully recovered from his torn ACL. And a lot of times it takes a year for a player to fully recover from a torn ACL. And that the Raiders who play a lot of man coverage will benefit his style of play and that he would bounce back this year in Las Vegas if the Raiders were to sign him. So again, torn ACL, uh, different system. So that may have factored into his poor year, but the numbers are what they are in 2022. Not exactly the same player you would be getting in 2019 uh, or, 2000, or 2020. Mo, I don't have a problem if they sign him, uh, no. if the contract makes sense, right? So if it's, if it's, a, if it's a pretty budget friendly uh, contract because of the unknowns with Marcus Peters. That's fine. That's like signing anybody off the street. Now I know he's got the name, he's got the history, but if he can come in and compete and do well and regain any of the form that he had uh, going back to 2020, then okay, fine. Then you feel good about it. You say, okay, you get, you get a player who's trying to make a comeback and uh, wants to work hard to get that next contract. Okay, great. But that's why I think people need to be cautious. Don't get too excited. There's no guarantee they're going to sign him, number one. But number two, even if they do, it doesn't mean he sticks. It doesn't mean because we just don't know what he's got left after what we've seen the injury year in 2021 and then last year in 2022 with the stats that you laid out. Scott, let's be honest here. The reason a lot of Raider fans won is because, especially if you're from if you're from Oakland, he's he's a native. He, that's Marshawn Lynch's cousin. Absolutely, it's his cousin. And they they always talked about playing for the hometown team. Now, even though they're in Las Vegas, they still consider the Raiders an Oakland-based team. I get it. So that's where part of it is coming from. I will say, what would you pay a Marcus Peters coming off of a down year? I say anything over anything under seven million dollars to me is fair. 
yeah. for a cornerback who has the ball production that he's had. He's not exactly over the hill, so I don't want to. I don't want people to run away with this and say, "Oh, Marcus no. Peters is washed up." It's no, health. that's not it. He had a down. He had a down year. I didn't. I never said. If you look through my Twitter, I never said Marcus Peters was washed up. I said he had a down year and he could bounce back with this system after a year of recovering from his uh, serious knee injury. But anything under seven million, I think, it's fair compensation for a player of his caliber. And it's a good point to make. Uh, and, and you're right. You never said he was washed up. But the other thing is, when you have a player, I think people with quarterbacks, they seem to be a little more forgiving. When you have that serious knee injury, because we've gotten so good medically at repairing those injuries uh, versus, you know, 15, 20 years ago, people don't understand that even when you come back from it quickly, you to regain the strength in that knee and at a position like that where you're turning all over the field, you're making cuts, that's hard. And I, I do agree with you. I think he will bounce back. The question is, how much is he going to want for his services? And I agree with you, under $7 million, sure, I'd sign the guy. But we'll see what they do, and we'll see what happens there. Because that, to me, is going to be the whole crux of it all, which is like, yeah, you'd like to bring in a guy that's a dog like that, as long as it's not going to cost you $10 million a year for a guy coming off a bad year. Here's the thing, and this is why I'm, I would be for bringing him in at the right price, is simply because even though I'm high on Ja'Korian Bennett being an early contributor, what if Ja'Korian mm -hmm. Bennett is not ready? Right. So then you're depending on Duke Shelley or David Long. I know a lot of Raider fans like Duke Shelley, but let's let's be honest. Duke Shelley has been has had an up and down career. His best year last year with the Vikings, but before that hasn't done a lot. So if you're depending on Duke Shelley or David Long to be your number two cornerback, uh, yeah. it's a bit shaky. I'd rather have Marcus Peters than those other two guys. Yeah, even a seventy percent uh, Marcus Peters to me would be would be the better option. Again, if it's not too expensive. Mo, in the other news, you talked about it, you hinted at it, uh, and it's caused you know a little bit of a, an interesting conversation amongst the fans out there in Raider Nation, which is Tom Brady is set to become a very small minority owner in the Las Vegas Raiders. He already owns part of the Las Vegas Aces, so him and Mark Davis obviously struck up a conversation, which, in funny, it's got some tentacles to this one, which we'll get to in a second. But the fact that Mark, Mark Davis, uh, or they're buying the share out from part of the group that Magic Johnson was part of, who's now buying the Washington Commander, so they can't have two teams. So they have to sell their interest, so there was an interest available, and Tom Brady's going to step up. I imagine Tommy Terrific is going to be moving to Vegas. Everybody kind of thought that, especially after he got divorced, that he would at least have a presence there with the basketball team and everything. So now you see this, and fans, it's really interesting, and our good friend Murph over at Raider Fan Radio, made a great point when he talked about Tom Brady. He said, hey, hey, look, when Tom Brady was a Patriot, I hated him. But the tuck rule, it was a fumble, but it wasn't his fault. That was the referees that blew that call. It wasn't Tom Brady. And so he said, if Tom Brady's an owner of the Raiders, and he's one of us, so welcome to the club, right? But there are fans out there who don't want to forget Tom Brady, or there's also the anti-Tom Brady contingent just because when you're that successful – People don't like it. It's just the way it goes. Um, but interesting times when you have a guy like this who now becomes an owner of the team that so many of these fans love. I, I think the overreaction obviously is, you know, the tuck rule and everyone's like, well, I don't I don't want that guy a part of the organization. What <laughs> I'll do business with a guy like that. And and. We don't know what Al, what the late Al Davis would have done. I don't like to have that conversation because he's not here to, to speak for himself on this one. Yeah. But what I will say is that I watched the Tuck Rule game. I was a teenager in high school at the time, and I will say even before I 
started writing professionally. The tuck rule doesn't really bother me as as far as Tom Brady is concerned. And I, I said this on Twitter. Tom Brady didn't make the call. I know, exactly. <laughs> he he benefited from the call. He didn't make the call. So even if you have hurt feelings there, it should be with the referee and not Tom Brady. Tom Brady, a lot of people want Tom Brady to admit it, but I was like, what is Tom Brady going to do? Hand the ball back to the Raiders and say, yeah, no, it was a fumble. Not going to happen. <laughs> so I think that's where the that's where the hurt feelings come in. And I think if you're if you're a Raider fan, you're more worried about wins and losses. You're not really worried about who has a limited partnership with Mark Davis as far as team ownership is concerned. No, exactly. And and that's the point, Mo. I think that you, you look at it and say, look, it's a business, it's the business side of things. Tom Brady, it doesn't matter whether you like him or not. He's part owner. Most Raiders fans, I'm gonna say, is as knowledgeable and great as Raider Nation is, I'm gonna say 95, maybe even higher percent of Raider fans don't even know the minority owners of the Raiders outside of Davis. They don't even know who they are, right? Period. So I'm going to just say that up front. I think that's probably right. Uh, so so it doesn't really matter. Tom And you know what? Tom Brady's going to go do TV. He's st the fact that he's attached to the Raiders brand is not a bad thing. It actually helps the Raiders, okay? Because people like Tom Brady. Other people like Tom Brady. And so that will help them. The other thing is, Mo, I think it brings up... Remember all the rumors when Gruden was there and then we heard after he left about the Raiders wanting Tom Brady? I believe that was true now. I really believe the Raiders, if they really had gone after him three years ago, he could have been a Raider and should have been a Raider because his obviously his relationship with Mark Davis is very close. Obviously it is there. I mean, you've seen him hanging out too at, at fights and stuff like that yeah. in the crowd. So he, I, I just don't feel as, I guess, maybe I'm far removed now. <laughs> As a as a non fan, as a as a writer, some fans said they would feel dirty if Tom Brady has a stake in the, in the organization, the franchise, just because of the history. And I just, but why? Again, I just go back to wins and losses. And Tom Brady didn't really have a role in screwing the Raiders in that tuck rule call. Yeah, and I'll close on this one. I think too that there are a lot of younger Raider fans, and that's all they have, right? Unfortunately for them, and I hope that changes for them soon because even the young fans are great, which is. The only thing they have to hold on to is the bitterness of a game from when they were maybe five or six years old, because that's the, that's the historic thing. It changed the course of the franchise in many ways, at least somewhat. Uh, and so to me, that's, that's what you hold on to. That's the history you know. You've been brought up to hear about the Tuck Rule game, so you hate Tom Brady. So I get it from, from that standpoint, so we'll see how it goes. All right, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to get to uh, the schedule. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders' schedule as uh, it was released last week. I know Mo did his piece on it, but we are also going to um, make sure that we get to that and give you our projections. Yes, the very early, without even knowing all the roster's projections, just based on hunches. So we'll do that. By the way, coming up on our show on Thursday, we're going to have Philip uh, Milan from the Vegas Kings from a gaming angle. We're going to talk about the NFL schedule and also talk about the Raiders. Are the Raiders a good bet on the over-under, the wins we're going to give you right now. So we'll do that in a minute here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. 
players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Segment number two here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Scott Branson, your host, along with my co-host, Mo Moten. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. I am at LV Gully. We are happy to talk football with you. This segment, Mo, we're going to get into the schedule because we haven't had a chance to do it here on the show. I watched your Bleacher Report live show, and I kept trying to heckle you, but you didn't see my stuff, So, or you just ignored me. Either one. Well, you were in Midtown Mo format, so I get Yeah, it. the way that, just really quick, the way that's, that some of the, depending on who the producer is, Sometimes yeah, they, they'll feed me comments. Yes. On a on a on an iPad on a on a screen. Yeah. And sometimes I'll read the comments off of off of my phone. This time I had a really uh, helping producer who just fed me comments. I didn't have to read off my phone. That's the way. So, that's actually the way it should be. She ignored your. Oh, she. Heckling. She ignored my. Heckling. She ignored. Your I heckling. just called you Midtown Mo. I just wanted to. I was trying to get the hashtag going, and she ignored me. That's okay. All right. So, Mo, you talked about the schedule. You went through this. So we're going to go through it now here uh, over the next couple segments here and talk a little bit about it as I pop the the uh, schedule up on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. By the way, subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, subscribe here on YouTube and hit the notifications bell. All right, Mo, we look at the schedule. First of all, let's talk about it over overreaching. You look at the, the top of the schedule, the Raiders – uh, start the season on the road two two weeks in a row at Denver at Buffalo. Then they host Pittsburgh at home before heading to Los Angeles for the Chargers. So you have three of your first four games on the road. Then you look at the end of the season. You and I talked about it last week. That hey, let's look. We'll see that end of the season. And most of all, they had two games that are going to be, or excuse me, one game that's going to be a cold weather game, which is the Chiefs on Christmas Day, Christmas morning wake up after Santa's come and you get a loss to the Chiefs. Oh, I just gave it away. Excuse me. Um, oh, no. And, and then you're at Indy and then home against Denver. Of course, Indy in a dome, even though it's a cold-weather city. So, Mo, you you look at the schedule. First of all, you're overall reaching kind of thoughts on the entire schedule and how it kind of fo- unfolded for the Raiders. You mentioned it. The Raiders start off being road warriors. Three of the first four on the road. I think that's tough for any team that's revamping their roster. But what I will say is, I think one thing I didn't mention during the Bleacher Report last stream is, I think the Raiders' defensive line toward the end of the season is going to see a lot of growth. Between Byron Young, Mm. the defensive tackle, and Tyree Wilson, assuming he fully recovers from his foot injury, I think that defensive line is going to be formidable. And I think Patrick Mahomes may get a little antsy in the pocket with those two guys coming after him <laughs> along with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones if he's healthy. So I think that Chiefs game on Christmas Day for Raiders fans, if they're going to watch it, it, it might be closer than you expect. Now, what I will say at the beginning of the season when they're on the road and they have all these new players in, in a big rookie class, there are going to be some losses early. And I think some Raider fans would be kind of discouraged because I'll tell you, Scott, and I was this surprised me when I did my Bleach Report live stream and I gave my prediction – and it's an it's a under five, it's a sub five hundred prediction. Mm-hmm. A lot of Raider fans either agree with me or were <laughs> lower on the Raiders. And yeah. usually when I give these season predictions, yeah, I get a lot of pushback. No, they're going eleven and six. No, they're going twelve <laughs> and five. No, they they're going to the playoffs at thirteen wins. Now we were high on the Raiders last year and we were proven wrong. Big this time, time I, I came lower 
And Raiders fans are like, no, you need to go lower on this team. Don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo and his injury history. Don't believe in Josh McDaniels. Don't believe in the on some of their top picks. So there's a lot of pessimism there in is. Raider Nation right now, which kind of surprised me at, at this point in the offseason. It's interesting, Mo, because it is pessimism, but it's weird because the pessimism, and I understand it, and I don't blame Raider fans for it at all, actually, which is the coach. By the way, bah humbug on your Chiefs analogy or Chiefs uh, pick. Um but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, you look at you look at the situation. They don't like the coach. I'm, I say they. I'm saying the majority of fans that we see and hear from. Okay, so yeah. I'm sure there are fans out there who, who are maybe more warming to the coach or, or at least want to give him a chance. Most of them are negative about the coach. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't excite people. It's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's the injury history. You don't know if he. I mean, you predicted he'd make ten games. That's not good, right? Ten games out of out of eighteen weeks. 17 games is not good in the NFL. That means you're going to struggle. So I think that's it. If they had gotten a young quarterback, had gone out and got somebody, not that I was advocating for it, if they would have got Aaron Rodgers or they would have gotten a, a C.J. Stroud, or even if it was a rookie, they knew they would have struggled with him, but they'd be excited about it, right? So I think that pessimism is, is well-placed, and it factored into some of my um, kind of predict predictions when I looked through the schedule. I surprised myself, actually, by giving them – I think a win or two more than I thought I would based on where I think some of the other teams they play on the schedule are. So it'll be interesting to go through that, but I want to start doing that now. Mo. So we're going to go game by game here and okay. run through it um, with it. But of course we talked about the first two games. They start first three out of four on the road. They start at Denver. Now I'm not saying the Broncos are suddenly going to be competing with the chiefs for the division title, <laughs> But I think, to your point, new team, new quarterback, lots of new pieces on defense, and you're right. Just like the offensive line last year got a lot better towards the end of the year, I think the defensive line will. I don't think they go to Denver and win the opener. I disagree with you there. I think they really? actually beat Denver. And I know the Raiders have new parts, and I agree with you there, and I made that point too. But also, Russell Wilson has a new head coach. And yeah. while I think He's got Sean Payton will improve Russell Wilson or get him back on track somewhat, that first game, I'm not expecting Russell Wilson to throw no. the ball over the field and be lights out in the first game. Now, also keep in mind, the Raiders have beaten the Broncos in six straight. So they've pretty much owned the Broncos over the past three years, and I believe right. they've won seven of the last eight against the Broncos. This could be a big Josh Jacobs game, assuming he's on the field, because the Broncos have had issues containing Josh Jacobs. I could see this being a, a score in the mid-20s where it's a tough game, mm -hmm. but Josh Jacobs pulls it out and has another 100-plus yard rushing performance. Wow. Okay, so we already differ on one pick. I have mm -hmm. the Raiders losing the home – or, excuse me, losing the season opener in Denver. Mo has them winning. Okay, week two, they go to Buffalo. They're going to blow Buffalo out. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think they're going to go all the way now. It, for them, it helps that they play Buffalo in the warm weather, right? Yes. Because – to go to Buffalo in December would have been a disaster for anybody. I'm not saying I know Derek Carr's gone and that stat is mostly hooked on to Derek Carr, but going across country, having your second straight week on the road against that Buffalo Bills team, which actually has some question marks as good as they've been. I just don't see them going on the road in the AFC to Buffalo and beating the Bills in their home stadium. Yeah, this is pretty simple. Buffalo just has too much firepower. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. They drafted Dalton Kincaid in the draft in the first round this year. They're going to use him as a pass catcher if, alongside uh, Dawson Knox. So the two tight end mm -hmm. sets are going to hurt the Raiders because they still haven't addressed the linebacker position. 
they just they just don't have anyone to contain all of those weapons. The the Bills are going to win that pretty much handily, in my opinion. I agree. Okay, then we get home finally in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium for Raider Nation to finally see their new team in 2023 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the Raiders pick up a win here at home. The Raiders have not established a good home field advantage in Las Vegas. I think they're going to try to do that, and I think they're going to be successful at it early in the season, and it starts with a win against Pittsburgh. We disagree again. Wow. I I, I think the Raiders lose two straight simply because the Steelers can exploit some of the weaknesses the Raiders have. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, the Steelers already have Pat Fryman with a tight end. They drafted Darnell Washington. They can also go heavy two tight end sets and exploit the middle of that Raiders defense, which is the weak area of that unit. And on the other side of the ball, Cam Hayward is still a high caliber player. You got TJ Watt. They can exploit some of the weaknesses on the interior of the Raiders offensive line. I don't like the way the Raiders match up with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home or on the road. I know Raiders fans want revenge for what happened last year with that terrible game in the the weather. I don't think they're going to get that revenge in week three. Wow. See, I think the home field advantage and, and the home opener is going to help them with that, and they're going to squeak by. It's going to be a close one, but I think they squeak by. Okay, week four, they're back on the road, Mo. Back on the road. They're facing the Chargers in Los Angeles, and I think this one is also going to be a loss. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to, this early in the season, go on the road against a division rival and come away with a win. I also think the Chargers have gotten better. Now, the coaching may not have gotten better, so... You have two coaches that you're not really sure about and how well they do in game call situations. But uh, I think the Chargers uh, beat the Raiders at this time in Los Angeles in front of a lot of Raider fans. After a home win, I had the Raiders losing three straight, and I think they lose to the Chargers as well. Uh, this matchup doesn't scare me. I, I think it could go either way. The Chargers and the Raiders usually battle in tight games. But uh, the Chargers have a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who I think did a pretty good job in Dallas. Even though Dallas fired him, they had some top 10 scoring offenses, and I think that's going to benefit Justin Herbert. Also, I assume that at this point in the season, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa will be healthy, and they got Tui, Tui Palatu out of USC. Yeah, out of USC. Who I wanted the Raiders to draft as their third edge rusher if one of those guys are out. So the Raiders are going to have may have some issues containing the, the Chargers' pass rush, and I think Justin Herbert is going to do just fine. With Kellen Moore, it's going to give the Raiders some issues as Jimmy Garoppolo is learning to play with his offensive playmakers. Yes. All right, then we get another home game back in Las Vegas against the new retooled Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers. But you think they're going to win that one, the Packers, that is. You think the Raiders lose their fourth in a row there. I also have them. No? No. I have the Raiders... I have the Raiders winning that game against the Packers. <laughs> they <laughs> ended three they were, games. You just said they were going to lose four in a row. No, I said three in a row. Oh, three in a row. Okay. I said they cool. lose three in a row after winning their. I was going to get you on that one because no. I, I don't. I don't. Th- I think that Green Bay team is going to be pretty poor. So no, I think, it, it is. Yeah, I think the Packers coming to Las Vegas. I think the Raiders. You'll see if things are clicking. You see the Raiders' offense go off in this game. Yeah, I think the Raiders will probably have their best game of the season up until that point when they mm-hmm. beat the Packers, and I think it's a feel-good moment for them and a, and a, a much-needed win if they do lose three straight, as I said they would, because then you, you're on Mon- you're in the Monday Night Football bright lights. You're mm-hmm. playing against the Packers. Jordan Love is trying to establish and prove himself, and I think the Raiders, I don't, I don't want to say they blow them out, but the Raiders shouldn't have too many issues winning this game just based on Jordan Love's inexperience. And the Packers' defense was mediocre last year, even with Aaron Rodgers. So as the Packers yeah. are trying to find ways to win with Jordan Love, I think the Raiders take this game 
it'll be two and three at this point. Okay, so Mo has got them at two and three. I have them at one and, excuse me, I have them at two and three as well, just getting there via a different path, mm -hmm. right? We just have different yep, wins as first part of the game. All right, so then the, this is two in a row, the first time in the entire season. And actually, if you <laughs> look at it, uh, it's the only time during the season, excuse me, only the second time during the season, they're going to have two in a, games in a row at home. So the Raiders uh, not getting like the two or three games in a row like some teams do. But they're home week six against, guess who again? The hoodie comes in. Bill Belichick mm -hmm. and New England comes in. And I have the Raiders. I have the apprentice beating the master. Yeah, if, if anyone knows Bill Belichick's defense inside and out, it's got to be Josh McDaniels. Now, of course, the Raiders <laughs> needed a uh, a, a uh, miracle. Know, a, a fumble pick, a fumble six. I yes. forgot what the famous name was. For it was but basically chandler jones stiff armed mac jones into the third layer of the earth's core and scored a <laughs> touchdown on a walk-off so uh that was a pretty exciting ending to that game uh the patriots offense just isn't explosive they don't have any explosive playmakers that can stress their defense on the back end uh i know they got bill o'brien in there and i expect mac jones to play a lot better under bill o'brien but i think I think the Raiders have the edge in this one, and they win another one against the Patriots at Allegiant Stadium and go 3-3 three and three at this point to tie up their record at 500. Yes, I have that the same way, obviously. And for them, with this schedule early in the season with the road games and how they, they stack up, to be 3-3, three and three, Raider fans should feel pretty good about that uh, in Week 6. Now, there's some other things coming up ahead of that we'll get to in a second here. Uh, but at 3-3, three and three, you, had to f you have to feel good about that during a rebuild. Week seven at Chicago. Now, a lot of people aren't going to give Chicago a lot of credit. I happen mm -hmm. to be a guy who I th I think I think Justin Fields comes into his own this year, and mm -hmm. I think going on the road after two wins in a row, the Raiders are going to be in a position where they're going to have trouble in Chicago, and I think Chicago um, is going to beat the Raiders. I I think it'll be a closer game, but I think Chicago wins that one. Wow, we actually agree. This You're is right. this is the game that fans gave me the most pushback on because fans are expecting Chicago be, to be garbage again because they had, nope. the, they had the number one overall pick before they traded to the Carolina Panthers. I'm with you. I think Justin Fields has a third-year leap. I'm one of the guys that felt like Justin Fields is the second-best quarterback in his draft class. I feel like yeah. he should have went number two to the Jets over Zach Wilson. I think finally he takes that leap. You've got DJ Moore as, as an offensive playmaker. He has Robert Tanyan at tight end. <laughs> They can go heavy two tight end, and also Justin Fields is a threat with his legs. And I'm interested to see, without a without a solid linebacker, how the Raiders are going to defend Justin with, Fields when he takes off the run. I think that can give the Raiders' defense a lot of issues. Without any linebackers. I mean, I, it's going to be tough when they face those situations. So, yeah, I, I got that. Three and four. Uh, so we have them at three and four. Both Mo and I have them at three and four. Then week eight, another tough one in the NFC North, right? Is that the North? Yeah, it's the North. Yes. Um, the old NFC Central, as I knew it as a kid, um, is Detroit. Now, this Detroit's going to be kind of everybody's little cin or not Cinderella team anymore, but everybody's kind of a hype tool. They're going to be a good team this year. They made a nice little jump last year, and I think Detroit will be a playoff team this year. I really do, and I think the Raiders are going to lose that game as well. So they're going to go on the road two weeks in a row and lose uh, to two NFC North teams. Scott loves stealing my thunder. Oh, you got I, that this too? Is an, this is another game that fans push back on me on. And they're like, oh, Detroit's overhyped. 
Let me remind you, I had Detroit as a sleeper <laughs> team last year. You did. You talked had, a lot had, about it. I had Detroit as a sleeper team last year, and people laughed at me. And I said, uh -huh. Detroit's roster, the way it's built, it's built properly to compete and, and win a playoff game. They're strong in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. They got their quarterback in Jared Goff, who's not great. But as you saw, he led a top five scoring offense last year. So he's familiar with that offense. They kept their offensive corner, and they added a bunch of defensive pieces. They, they drafted Jack Campbell, who I wanted the Raiders to draft, but Lions drafted him in the first round. They added Cameron Sutton at cornerback. Yeah. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who I wanted the Raiders to sign it at safety. They have a lot of parts. Uh, Brian Branch, they drafted out of Alabama, who I wanted the Raiders to look at. Their defense is going to be solid this year, and they're going to be yeah. improved. Now, I'm with you. I think they win that NFC North division. And I think the Raiders drop consecutive games and they go to three and five. And I think that Lions offensive line has gotten stronger, right? They're, they're a good offensive line. I think Jared Goff's got a little bit left and he's got something to prove. All right. It's not Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford won his Super Bowl, got the elbow injury. He's done, I think. I really do believe he's done. But I think Stafford, if you give him protection, he's a little bit like Derek Carr that way, right? You give him the right situation, give him the protection he needs and some weapons, and he can beat anybody. And so I think that's why they'll they'll take that next step too. And one quick note, at this time, Jamison Williams, who was suspended for gambling, will be back. So I believe he has a six-game suspension. This is week yes. eight, Monday Night Football, big big game under bright lights. Yes. He'll be back. He'll be stressing the back end of that Raiders defense. So a lot and to look at for that Lions. Those, got, those fans in Motown are going to be going nuts on Monday Night Football. All right, before we go to the break, one more prediction, uh, and that is week nine, the Raiders return home, licking their wounds after two straight losses <laughs> to face the New York Giants. And I have them beating the Giants. Wow, we, we're we're in agreement there. This oh, is yeah. the this the is Darren Waller revenge. Team. This is the Darren Waller revenge game, yes. and I think if Darren Waller is healthy, if he's even on the field, we'll see if he tries to play as hard as <laughs> to get that revenge. But even if he is active, I, I don't see the Giants beating the Raiders simply because I think the Giants going to come back down to earth. They overachieved last year, way overachieved, and they're coming into the offseason with injuries. They got two yeah. wide receivers in Sterling Shepard. And Wandale Robinson, who they drafted in the second round last year, already mm -hmm. coming off ACL injuries. Right. Saquon Barkley has a history of injuries, even though he's relatively healthy last year. I don't think he could bank on being healthy again for 16 games this year. I think the Giants come back, as I said. The Raiders win this game, and Waller does not get his revenge against the Silver and Black. There you go. And I just, yeah, I think the Raiders, uh, even in a rebuild, will be a team that that should and will beat the Giants at home. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to get through weeks two through 18 and give you our final prediction. Right now, Mo and I both have the Raiders at four and five. Again, we, we disagreed on a couple games, but at the end of the day, we have them both at four and five. So we're going to step aside. When we come back, Mo and I will get through the rest of that here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Silver and Black today with Mo Moten. I'm Scott Branson. We are your hosts on this journey. This last segment, the home stretch, as we call it here on the show. If you don't already subscribe to the show, what are you doing? Come on. We need your help. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio content. Hit the auto download button. That way, every time we push a new show, you're going to get it. You don't have to think about it. It'll just be there. You click it, go, whether you're on the workout or the treadmill, you're on the train, you're in the car, wherever it is, you can check it out and listen to it. Mo is the national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. Mo, before we get into this last part of the schedule, prediction-wise, tell everybody what you got coming up on sportsnot.com, where you write about the Raiders and also Bleacher Report this coming week. 
as I promised our guy, Gary Harkin reader, I'm going to do some deep digging on undrafted free agents and let you guys and gals out there know which undrafted free agents have the best chance by probability percentage of making the final roster, not the practice squad, but the actual 50 man roster. I have that coming up at Bleacher Report. I'll leave that as a surprise. I, I got a lot of stuff coming up, not a lot, but <laughs> my guy, Matt Holder has been putting in a lot of work. So they've lightened my workload and given some of that to Matt Holder. And of course, Matt Holder does a lot of Raiders content. So Matt and I will have some, some stuff up on the Raiders and the entire league as a whole, but I'll, I'll leave it. Stay tuned for that to be announced on that. It's nice when you have team members that can help out, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Especially love you can that. take a vacation because they're working hard. That's right. Shout out to Matt for Shout for out to Matt Holder. So Mo can watch his Knicks lose. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't did I say that? I'm sorry. Um all right. So we just to recap from last segment, we have the Raiders, both Mo and I, after nine weeks at four and five. Uh, then also, uh, as we head into week 10, the Raiders get there only the second time in the season uh, outside of the week they have a bye. Uh, that would be the third, if you counted that. Two home games in a row. They come home again to play in week 10, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, which happens to be Mo's favorite team. No, I kid. If you guys know the inside joke there, you get it. But anyway, Mo, the Jets roll into Las Vegas. Tell me how you see this one coming out. Yeah, the Jets win this game, and people are saying, oh, Mo's a closet Jets fan. That's why he's picking Gang Green. I was like, no. Let, let's, let, let's, let's be honest about the Jets' team and roster. That team would have went to the playoffs if they had a legitimate quarterback. And, I, and I told Jets fans, Zach Wilson stinks, and he's going <laughs> to let you down post-Thanksgiving, and what happened? Yeah. Exactly what I said. Most are down with strikes again. With Aaron Rodgers, this is a playoff team. They had the fourth best scoring defense in total defense last year. Aaron Rodgers isn't in his prime, obviously. This is not going to be MVP Aaron Rodgers, but no. this is going to be good enough Aaron Rodgers to get the Jets 10-11 wins. I just think they're a well-balanced roster, more balanced than the Raiders will be at this point in the season. And the Raiders drop this one at home to the Jets, drop the four and six. Yes, and this is where I think Raider Nation starts to get a little unhinged. And I, and I don't say that for all the great fans out there. I just mean that when things start to go rough, people get, they get upset. And I think this is where they get upset because I too have them losing to the Jets. So that would put them at four and six. Then they got to do, guess what? They got to travel all the way across country again. And they have to go down to Miami, a Miami team who continues to improve. We don't know how Tua Tagovailoa is going to do. If he's going to be healthy by that point in the season, you just don't know anymore. But if he's doing well and he's wheeling and dealing, um, I look at the Miami game, and I don't see the Raiders winning that one either. I think they go to Miami, and they drop one. Our good friend Jeremy Klump will be there. We'll have to have him on the show before that one. Uh, but I see the Raiders losing that one, uh, and I have them losing three in a row there, actually. Uh, this will be the second in a row uh, to move them to four and seven. Mo, what do you got? So, actually, I, I thought about this one, and... Are you changing? First of all, if, if Tua Tungavailoa is healthy, the Raiders yeah. are not winning this game. There's just too much speed on the outside between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill for the Raiders to contain there. But if Tua is not healthy, and I don't yeah. like to predict injuries, but if Tua is not in the field, the Raiders have a legitimate chance to win this game because their backups are Mike White, who was the backup mm. for the Jets last year, and Skylar Thompson, who's a second-year pro, Project. Uh, a, a seventh-rounder from last yeah. year. 
So it, this depends on if Tua plays or not. And assuming that Tua plays, the Raiders drop this game, in, in my opinion, drop the four and seven down in Miami. Yeah, and I think, Mo, the caveat, again, there's the, we don't even know what the Raiders roster is going to be. There could be signings. There could be all kinds of changes here that could change some of the, the way these things, including the matchups that you're talking about with Pittsburgh. But I do think that all of these games, and some of them I had them going the Raiders' way based on when they were in the season, to your point about the defensive line getting better and some of those things, and the offense kind of starting to click with a new quarterback and all that stuff. Uh, but I just look at this run and I say, man, this is tough because they go to Miami, then they lose that one, they're 4-7. and seven. Then they come home to play Kansas City, and I just don't see. Now, this is one of those games because it's a rivalry game. Could I see the Raiders beating the Chiefs at home? Yes. Will they beat the Chiefs at home? I don't think so because you're in the middle of a rebuild. The Chiefs have more weapons. The Raiders don't have a linebacker. The Raiders have trouble at safety. Are the Raiders going to stop Travis Kelsey as long as he's there and healthy? The answer is no. So I just cannot pick, as much as it pains me for Raider fans, I cannot pick the Raiders to beat the Chiefs at all this year. Yeah, the Raiders haven't beaten the Chiefs since week five of 2020. If you remember, that was a high-scoring game with uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh, but the Chiefs have pretty much dominated this rivalry in recent years. <clears throat> this is this, the, if the Raiders, if anything, the Raiders should. If I'm Joshua Daniels and I want to get the Raiders ready for this game, I replay over and over again the Chiefs playing Ring Around Rosie when they whooped their butts last year <laughs> in the season finale to get this team yes. hyped up. Because if you do that, I think that can add an extra spark to make this a closer absolutely matchup. Because the Absolutely. Raiders actually only lost, by, I believe, by one point last year mm-hmm. to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So it's not a far-fetched um, idea to think that the Raiders could keep this game close at Allegiant Stadium, especially with some extra motivation. But as you said, I, I don't have them winning this game, and I have them dropping the 4-8. and eight. So that would be the second straight three-game losing skid that I have for the Raiders on this schedule. Yep, yeah, I agree. All right, there you go. So then they go into Week 13 where I guarantee you they will not lose because that is the bye week. <laughs> And boy, will they need the buy coming yeah. in off three losses in a row, and obviously the two, uh, the the trip to Miami, and then the game against the Chiefs always a tough. And then they come home again after the buy week fourteen against the Minnesota Vikings, and this is where I think they change their fortune a little bit, right? To get the bye wow. week, get things together. Yeah, I have them. This is one of my wild card picks here. I have them beating the Vikings at home. I say wow because I I had the same I said the same thing on my Bleach Report live. I said nice. I think I think the Vikings are going to come back down to earth. Remember, they went 11 and 0 in one score games during the regular one season score. and then they lost that one score game against the Giants in the playoffs. You're not going to have that type of one score game luck in back-to-back years. The, yeah. the Minnesota Vikings are definitely going to pull back. I think they're a 9 and 18 in 2023 and I think this is going to be a matchup of offenses. You're going to have arguably the two best wide receivers on the field in Justin Jefferson for the Vikings and Devontae Adams for the Raiders. We'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook. There are rumors that the Vikings may part ways with them. We'll see. But the mm-hmm. Vikings have a lot of, just like the Raiders, the Vikings have a lot of question marks on their defense. They just traded Zadarius Smith to the Cleveland Browns. Other than Daniel Hunter, where's that pass rush coming from? Harrison Smith is getting older at safety. They have a, a first rounder in Lewis Seen who's coming off of a major leg fracture, a major injury. Huh. I think the Raiders win this one in a fun shootout, 42-35. I'll give you wow. a score prediction with that. You're giving a score prediction. I'm not there yet with that, but that's good, man. But I agree with you about Minnesota. They had a little window, and I think they missed it um, as they aged pretty quickly. So we'll see how that goes. All right, so there they sit at 5-8. and eight. Then they are home again. 
So I t- uh, yeah, home again. They play uh, the Chargers in Week 15, and this is where I think the Raiders beat the Chargers. I think the Raiders pull to six and eight. They pull together their little two-game win streak, uh, and they they send Raider Nation home with a little bit of hope. Wow, we're we're together on this one again. I think at this point in the season, Week 15, if you look at Joey Bosa's injury history, if you look at Khalil Mack in recent years, they get nicked up. And I think at this point in the season, I don't think they no player is usually 100%. But I think by this time, the Raiders' defensive line will start to come together, start to show show signs. I think Tyree Wilson and Byron Young will put some pressure on Justin Herbert. And I think the Raiders get this one against the Chargers. Again, these teams usually play close games. So this looks like a, a game where the defense can make a statement and Josh Jacobs can put the exclamation point on it for the W. Yes. And so the Raiders sit there at six and eight, and this is where Raider Nation's like, all we have to do is win three in a row to possibly get to the playoffs. To possibly get, to, although I think nine and eight would be difficult to to be a wild card team in the AFC in this the year. AFC. Be really tough. You'd have to have some weird things happen, but it could happen. So they're going to say, hey, got to win, got to win out. How many how many seasons have we been there with the Raiders where we got to win out? We have a chance. Win out. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to every year Raider Nation. It seems like every, it's every year. year. Yes, every, every year. year. So they go to Kansas City in week 16 on Christmas morning. So you got bedhead, you're opening up your gifts, you're sitting there, you're having fun, and then the Raiders come on and they don't win this game. So there go your playoff hopes. Um, sorry, I just hate to say that, but the Raiders go to 6-9 and nine with this one. Again, it's a rivalry. Anything can happen, but... Based on recency, based on where the rosters are, I don't see it happening. I think the chances of it happening are less than 20%. I'll put it that way. I think the Rams have a better chance of beating the Chiefs in Week 12 than they do in Week 16. Because I think at this point in the season, the Chiefs are looking to lock up maybe the number one seed in the conference, Mm. maybe lock up the AFC uh, West title in that division. And I think they're going to get the best of the Chiefs. Not to say the Chiefs would take the foot off the pedal in Week 12, but I think there's more of a chance for an upset in that first game. This game, yeah. I think you get a fully dialed-in Chiefs game in the first game of a triple-headed on Christmas. So they're under the bright lights, people watching Christmas morning, you know, at Arrowhead, probably some playoff implications on the line. I think the Chiefs take care of business and the Raiders drop that one. There you go. So we both have them at 6-9 and nine again. Now, week 17, they fly to Indianapolis to the Lucas Oil Stadium, which I will be at that game, as a matter of fact, nice. uh, in week 17. Um, and I have the Raiders going on the road as they start to click and gain some confidence, even though their playoff hopes are pretty much gone. Uh, I have them going to Indy because Anthony Richardson might put up some nice highlight tape, but he's not going to be anywhere near where he needs to be if he even plays to be a quarterback in this league that is going to win consistently. So I like the Raiders in that one. The Raiders are going to play Scott's favorite rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. <laughs> He's a tight in end. week 17. And, and, and yeah, just in all seriousness though, I, the, the Colts are, I know the Colts beat the Raiders last year with Jeff Saturday, but <laughs> as you said, at this point in the season, Anthony Richardson is probably going to be under center. I wouldn't call him a project, but I think he's going to go through a lot of growing pains and the oh, Raiders yeah. should, the Raiders should win this game, even though it's on the road and take care of business, even though playoff posts dashed at this point, they want to go out on a high note. Yeah. And I think they actually win handily in this game, maybe by double digits. I think they win this one. I do too. I just don't like Indy They're They're, they're further in a rebuild mode than the Raiders are. Right, because at least the Raiders have the offense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Indy doesn't have that yet, so they're going to struggle mightily there. Then the Raiders close out the season, Mo, winning two in a row, just like they would to their fans. They need to win three in a row and said they win two in a row. <laughs> just to tease you. But it would be good. Raiders go out on the season with a two-game row or two-game winning streak, winning their final game at home to finish eight and nine. What about you? I have the Raiders losing this game. I think Whoa. they actually split with Denver this year. I think at this point in the season, Russell Wilson is comfortable in Sean Payton's offense. And I'm not saying he's Pro Bowl version of Russell Wilson we saw in Seattle, but I think he's a lot better at this point. And the Denver Broncos finally end their losing streak to the Raiders at seven and win that game. And the Raiders finished at seven and 10, in my opinion. So they both beat each other in their own house. I gotcha. Yep. Interesting. Very interesting. So Mo finishes out Raiders seven and 10. And I have them at eight and nine, both non-playoff records, both very possible. I think the Raiders, if things don't go really well and Jimmy G doesn't even play 10 games, the Raiders could win four or five games. Uh, a game bounces their way. They get a little bit of the luck you talked about last year with the Giants. They could win nine or 10 games. I mean, it's not, to me, it's not as conceivable, uh, I think, based on talent level and schedule. But you never know what happens, right? But but if I were the Raider fan out there, I would say, hey, look, if we finish at eight and nine, you should be really happy. If you finish at seven and ten, yeah, it doesn't feel great. But as long as you see growth, as long as you see some of these young players come along, and as you see Jimmy G stay healthy, I think they to win eight or to win seven or eight games, well, I think he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. If if Jimmy G gets hurt, I said this during the live stream. If Jimmy G gets hurt, the Raiders are a three, four win team, period. Yeah. If yep. he plays fewer than 10 games, the Raiders are going to have a top five draft pick. But I want to just take a quick note of something. The fans can't <laughs> see this. Viewers can't see this. I don't know if you saw this, Scott, but if you if you could see David Stepanian, our producer's face right now, he is giving me the death stare after I said the Raiders would go 7 and 10. He is burning a hole through my face right now. <laughs> but hear me out. There the Raiders were 6 and 11 last year. <laughs> they go 7 and 10 this season. I mean, it's still an improvement, right? It's one win, but it's still an improvement. And I think it it's is. also enough for Josh McDaniels to keep his job and for, for fans who want to give Josh McDaniels a chance to say, hey, look, we went 6-11, and we're 7-10, and we ended the season strong, we started you know, kind of shaky, we had some three-game losing streaks in there, but we're 7-10 and now, and we have another offseason to build the defense. Maybe we draft a quarterback, maybe we add another, you know, some pieces on the offensive line. But we're at least headed in the, in the right direction. Because remember, when Gruden was there, they won They won more games as the years went on. But it wasn't like significant jumps. No, it was like one, one or two here. wins, yeah. one one or two games here here and there. And I think yep. you're going to see that from the from the Raiders under Josh McDaniels. If they show improvement, it'll be by one or two games. You have met eight and nine. That's two games. I have met seven and ten at one game. So we'll see how it turns out. We will. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be an up and down year. We we both had them with with uh, extended losing streaks, three games, correct? Uh, and and I think that those 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 will be tough times. But you know, nobody wants to lose, especially Raider Nation. They're tired of it. They don't want any more losses. They want to win. They want their team to do well. And I get that. But I think this year the key. I know it sounds crazy because the goal is to win ball games. But if you're even if in the midst of losing, if they lose, you can lose really badly and you can lose in a way that says, OK, you know what? If we had that player on the outside, then maybe they don't get that touchdown pass. But they played well. They held they held the Chiefs under 30 points and we lose 28, 21 
because ty- because of uh, a, a receiver getting outside or Travis Kelsey going down the middle with no coverage, right? So, so to me, if you look at those things, it doesn't make it feel better. But at the very least, if you can see growth there, if you can see the coaching getting better, Mo, for example, that's one of the big question marks going into the season. Then if you can finish around 500, then you can make that, that jump in year two with the right moves. And I think that's sort of what, if I'm in Raider Nation, that's what I would be looking for. I don't think my explanation helped. David's probably campaigning to get my mic cut off right now. But <laughs> I will say that I will say that there are Raider fans out there who are much lower on the Raiders, this Raiders team, than I am. A lot of Raiders fans I'm seeing on Twitter and a lot of them in my live stream said, no, they're a three to four win team. And I was like, no way the Raiders win just three to four games. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy with Devontae Adams, with now Michael Merritt tight end, with Jacoby Myers added to that to that pass catching group with Josh Jacobs, assuming he's there on the field for most of the season. No way with all that offensive talent. I know the defense stinks, but with that mm-hmm. offensive talent, they should win more than four games. And I, and I, and I, one thing I want to say to Raiders fans out there listening to me, Josh McDaniels is not getting fired. So if you're hoping that the Raiders <laughs> lose all of these games because you're thinking Josh McDaniels is going to get fired, it's not going to happen. Mark Davis so, has been patient with his head coaches and GMs. He's he going to give Josh McDaniels at least he, another another year, a third year, to fix that mess that he created he, in the sense. He's, he's invested. Now, we have, yes. we have our producer, David Stepanian, with us. If you're watching us, you can now see him on the big screen. Uh, but we also have his audio up. So, David, um, is this, does, this, does this completely break away from your 17-0 prediction? Guys, they're going 20-0. They, they <laughs> that 17th game just so the Raiders can go 20-0, win the playoffs, win the Super Bowl. I really can't believe the slander. I can't believe we're publishing this. Uh, you guys are going to get a lot of hate mail. I just hope you're ready. Um, I'm not sure I can do this. Continue doing this show. Oh my god! With, with morbid Mo and morbid. I, I, I don't know if I can continue. This, this was. I think oh there was a goodness. show a few weeks ago where I was really upset, but you guys really topped yourself. So I hope you, you're proud of yourselves, guys. Wow. Wow. Downer we David. Try. Downer David. We try. Right there. We try, Boy. David. Well, David, we 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 try, man. Oh, here we go. There's David Stepanian. <laughs> There's fans out there who feel the same way, but then, as you said, yeah. we're, we're seeing much more. More of them are fatalistic than they are optimistic. So we'll see I, how I found it interesting up. that that we now mine to, to the viewers out there, Scott and I didn't share our win loss notes. We did not the show. We did not. And I we, watched we, a little we, bit of your thing, but I didn't see your full record. We we pretty much agreed on a lot of things. Of course, you know, a few wins and losses here are flipped for us. Yeah. But we pretty much came to the same conclusion that the Raiders are going to be a mediocre team this season with some, with some issues, some clear issues. And I think the, the key things here are how well is that defensive line? How quickly is that defensive line going to come along with the two additions they have in two of their top three picks? Right. That's a big thing for me. And the other thing is the secondary is a wild card situation for me, because if this, if Jacory and Bennett or they sign Marcus Peters and that secondary is formidable early, they can win a couple more games than we expect. But if the secondary has its issues along with a, a gaping hole at linebacker and then you have young guys in the defensive line, they're going to lose a lot of games early, especially with the, with the heavy road schedule early yeah. in uh, September and October. Yeah. And again, I, I think you, you can get lucky. Listen, lucky happens sometimes. You know, you could win two extra games because things go nuts sometimes. So, so you never know. And injuries, too, are the great equalizer across the league. You go in to face a team um, like, I don't know, like the Jets and Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, 
Okay, guess what? Then you had a different shot there, so that game could go the other way. But it'll be interesting. Plus, we have all the roster moves we don't know yet. We'll see what the Raiders are going to do to improve this roster before they go to camp. All right, that's going to close out the show. Again, if you join us on Thursday, we are going to have Philip Milan from Vegas Kings. He is a handicapper. We're going to go over a little bit of what we talked about schedule-wise. We're going to talk about the NFL overall, get into a little gaming. Actually, Mo knows a little bit about this. He writes about it for Bleacher Report. So we're going to talk to Philip about that. We're also going to get Philip's take. I want him. I asked him to do sort of like a hey. Because of Raider fans, they see the line sometimes, or the over-under especially, the over-under on wins, which we just did with this schedule prediction, and they wonder why the books put them there. Now, of course, Philip doesn't work at a book. He's a handicapper, but he's going to give us some insight into that. Then he's going to give us maybe some plays that he's already looking at that might favor you to win some dough betting on your team. If you want to bet with your heart, he'll give you some suggestions on that one, so we'll talk to him about that as well as update you on any other Raiders news coming up. And again, don't make or make sure you catch Mo's work up on Bleacher Report this week as well as his column on the Raiders up on sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I'm at LV Gully. Mo, have a great couple days here. We will be back on Thursday doing this thing again. All I know is that he better have the Raiders getting the overall. Our producer is going to have some people <laughs> fired. <laughs> He's going to find them. He's going to find them. Fire and brimstone if, if he doesn't take the over on the Raiders six and a half months. Yes, he, his, his handicapping business is called Vegas Kings, and David's going to have a coup or an overthrow if uh, if uh, Philip doesn't hear it, give him what he wants to hear. So, all right. All right, my man. Take care. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. We are an Odyssey original. That's right. And you can also catch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the notifications bell to do that as well. For our producer, David Stepanian, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. We will talk to you all Thursday. Take care, Raider Nation.